Um, quick question. Uh, we are talking funny black women from sitcoms today. I'm extremely excited to talk about this topic. But uh, one thing that came to mind as I was re-watching the show and the character that I picked this week mm-hmm. is, um, well, actually, also, too, I was watching an interview with the actress who plays the character that I love mm-hmm. um, for my pick this week. And one of the things that the host said to her um, was that, because it was all about leading ladies from sitcoms in the 90s and how she was an icon. And I was like, yes, she she is an icon. Mm-hmm. We are talking about I, I, we are talking about maybe comedians or comedic actresses, but these women are icons to me. I grew up idolizing them and looking at them as like role models and i'm so that's why i'm like oh my god i'm so excited so like to me it's obviously not just about being funny or being on a sitcom Mm -hmm. um or being a black woman in comedy or on television like to me it's about these iconic women who really influenced my childhood Mm -hmm. um especially this character she um i won't reveal it yet but she stood up for herself. She talked back. She didn't take shit from anyone. Uh, but she knew she knew how to massage a situation. She's like the woman I would love to be as an adult. And I hope <laughs> I hope I am in some capacity. But I wanted to throw that out there. Do you like I think oftentimes with sitcoms or comedies, we tend to I don't know. We tend to not give people their the recognition they deserve. Yeah. Because we see comedy, we get joy from it. We mm-hmm. laugh. We're we, you know, we we cry laughing or whatever. Um, but we don't give it that like Oscar level worthy uh bow that I think these people should get. Comedy is not easy. All the people that we're talking about today, all the women we're talking about are like mind-blowingly iconic. Like whether they had a really great like catchphrase that people use in like everyday conversation uh or if like you just say their name or their uh, their character name, you're just like, (laughs) oh my God, yes, yes. Yes. Like so many feelings and emotions and memories come up for you. That's why I, I'm so glad that I ended up watching this interview and I'll, and I'll drop it later on um, when I reveal my pick, but this interview I think was so great at just really highlighting not only the character and the show that these women were on, but the actresses and everything they had to go through. Um, Because I can't, like, it's already hard enough. I was talking to someone about this the other day. I do improv and comedy uh, outside of this podcast. And being a woman in comedy Mm -hmm. is already hard enough. Um, I can't imagine the scrutiny of being a black woman in comedy. Uh, I have certainly been in in a situation at improv theaters and comedy theaters where I've seen the mistreatment. I've been mistreatment. Um, It's very much a white man's territory. And it's really easy to be in a scene with someone and or should I say a group of white dudes 
and to get ostracized um, and get pushed into a corner and not have, you know, get interrupted, get cut off in the middle of your sentence. Um, so I got Hollywood. I can only imagine the difficulty there. So, Michelle, how did we come to this topic today? Well, uh, we have a very lovely guest with us. We are so excited to welcome her here, Nikisha Campbell, who is the assistant editor of News and Entertainment of Pure Wow and also a graphic designer. Welcome, Nikisha. We're so excited to have you. Hi, guys. I'm excited to be here. It's going to be so fun. Now, uh, it is going to be so fun. I know. Was there a reason why? Um, I feel like th- the idea came from you, Nikisha, didn't it? It did. It did. Yeah, she emailed so me. It's- and, w- and so tell <laughs> us. Tell us how you came to this, uh, your, wh- why you want to talk funny black women of six. Absolutely. I feel like you just now touched on it when you were introducing just the sitcom genre and the fact that people don't take it as seriously. I feel like people miss mm-hmm. out on such diverse and complex characters because people laugh and they think, well, okay, it's not that deep. Like they're not going to tackle that many issues that are going to resonate with me, which is, and that's not true, right? Like I feel Mm -hmm. like sitcoms, there are, there are some that do this really well. Like they'll, they'll blend humor with really, I don't want to say dark themes, but like things that we can relate to as humans, right? And we get yes, to see very deep all issues. of these layered characters and how they respond to those issues. And I feel like people miss out on that because all they think they're going to get from these shows are laughs, right? But when I look at like Blackish, oh like look at all the things that they have covered. Oh my and God. It, is an, it is a hilarious show. And that's just a classic example of it's, it's the best. so yeah. good. And then I think of characters like Bo Johnson. She, well, I won't get ahead of myself here, but like just to highlight her as an example, like I think, <laughs> okay, black women do not get their props in this genre. Like just look at her and how she handles herself on the nice. show. Like being a mom and a wife, that's a job in itself. And then like she has... And she plays a doctor. Thank you. <laughs> she plays a such, fictional doctor. Such a stressful job. And how, what else does she have to do? Thank you. <laughs> what else does she have to do to get and more props? See, you guys get it. And so I thought, well, why not highlight these women and give them their deep props? Because I feel like they're so overlooked. And since I've been in quarantine, I've been I yeah I've been just looking at a lot of these throwback sitcoms, and I feel like I have a deeper appreciation of the women in that genre because I feel like they're just not talked about enough. Yeah, yeah. I could not agree more. I was talking to someone about this other day, the other day, and uh, typically in a lot of sitcoms. Women are what we in comedy we would call the voice of reason. They often don't get the jokes. They often are the responder to quote unquote mm-hmm. the funny, unusual mm-hmm. characters. But I what I love about what I've seen with black sitcoms in particular is that black women very much have a strong position on these shows um, in terms of being a comedic driver as well. And eat. And um, I can get very nerdy about comedy, but I think oftentimes a voice of reason can be very funny if coming from the right person um, with the right, like comedic 
they just strike that comedic chord really well. And it's, uh, you see some of the people, some of these ensembles, and the entire ensemble is just absolutely mm-hmm. hilarious. So gifted in comedy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like, they're not just from end to end. And, and what I love about some of these ensemble characters or cast that we're going to talk about is that, like, there wasn't just. There's not just like a one stereotype or like a bit part person, right? They just don't come mm-hmm. in like necessarily. I mean, no disrespect to um, uh, Kramer. I was gonna, no, I was gonna say, <laughs> did I do that? No, res- no disrespect oh, to Julia. family. Well, Julia White. Um, yeah. I was gonna call him by his cousin's Steve. name. I was gonna say Stefan or Kel, but that's oh, Stefan. Um, <laughs> anyway, everybody remembers Stefan. Everyone remembers Stefan. But I feel like uh, I love that about the ensembles when you have everybody kind of playing this really, these, especially if it's like a predominantly female cast. That these funny women are all coming together, and play, you have like the voice of reason, and then you have like the hilarious neighbor or like the hilarious auntie or something like that. Like I just and they aren't these stereotypes. They're just so. They're just like doing the most and it's so funny that we're talking about this because I thought as we do when we prep for an episode, we'll go back and watch something. And there have been times when I've gone and watched something from my childhood where I'm like, does this hold up? And sometimes it doesn't, but man. And it doesn't. What we're talking mm. about today as far as like funny ladies in black TV sitcoms, uh, just everything. Like my face hurts from watching some of the stuff I watched this past <laughs> week just because I'm like, man, this is still so funny I, to me. Timeless. This is still so funny. Yes. I straight up am re-watching this show and I'm like, I'm going to bring this line back. <laughs> Whenever someone says something to me, this line is going to be flying out of my mouth. Uh, I'll, I'll mention it later. Uh, but it's just like such great lines, such great catchphrase, catchphrases, uh, things that still to this day I say as a grown ass adult two decades later. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like catchphrase, those catchphrases that just stick with you. Yes. Um, Guys, let's not hold off any longer. Let's get into our crushes. Uh, We got to go ahead and start the show. Today we're talking funny ladies in black TV sitcoms. And um, I have to say that I grew up watching TV. I was very much like raised on TV. There wasn't anything that my parents ever censored of things I could or couldn't watch. Um, And what's interesting is that Nikesha Campbell from Pure Wow joins us today. And uh, she is an assistant editor, a writer, a graphic designer, uh, a journalist, and one of the reasons that I reached out to Nikisha is because she wrote a great article about one of my favorite movies, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, um, and about what an underrated movie it was. And I wholeheartedly agree. And mm. something that really struck me about the article, and you can go find Nikisha and and read it and read other, the other things that she's written as well. But I was going to say that, um, and what I said <laughs> in my email is that to her is that I have such a love-hate relationship with where I'm from, my home, my hometown. And part of that is I love the Bay Area, but in some ways has grown up to be 
I don't know, one of the, not one of the worst places, but just feeds into some like the worst type of people or like the worst behavior. And like, I feel like as we're talking about mm. TV sitcoms today, I very much have like a love relationship with these TV shows that I grew up on that I was a kid and I would come home from school and I would watch them and I would be like so excited just to hear like the theme song come on. And not that I hate TV sitcoms now, but I don't have that same love, like nostalgic love or love, like inherent love for some of the stuff that I'm watching now. And and I don't know if either of you feel like that or anybody listening feels like that, but um, I don't know. These are like the, we're talking some of some of the TV shows of my youth yeah. today. And there's nothing in going back and watching some of the stuff that still holds up that makes me feel the same that I'm like, I laugh at some of the things I see now. And there's plenty of funny women and funny black women on TV that I'm seeing. But these shows have like a very special place in my heart. I agree with you 100 percent. I agree, because throughout this entire quarantine, I've been going back and re-watching a bunch of 90s shows, and it's so funny because I have this laundry list of all of these shows that my friends are, like, asking me to check out, and I'm like, I'll get to it, I promise. And I'm like, <laughs> I have to watch this show from yes, 20 years ago that's first. That's my priority. That's me. That's also Absolutely. me. Michelle's like, Kim, when are you going to watch Ted Lasso? <laughs> when are you going to watch Lovecraft Country? And I'm like, I have to rewatch the X-Files. Um, well, you guys anyway, can't see today, but I you. was like up late last night watching something because I was like, I'm just going to watch like one episode of this like one show and then next thing I know I'm like I'm three episodes in and I was like no 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 this isn't even the show I'm talking about tomorrow like I gotta watch the other thing and I was anyways I was up because I couldn't I couldn't stop yeah it's just not the same like it's hard to describe like perhaps it was the timing because like a lot of these shows were so groundbreaking at the time and I think they resonated more too they were I don't know like yeah it's just different now so like going back when you relive those episodes they still feel so timely because they covered all of these themes that we're still experiencing today and like yes yes. so good I it's listen I now okay now this uh this is not my pick but so I'll mention it it's one of my honorable mentions though uh, I can rewatch Fresh Prince of oh. Bel Air till the day I die. Like it is, some of the topics they cover are so heavy. I rewatched that episode where Carlton and Will get um, mugged oh, at the ATM, and the guy, the mugger, goes to shoot Carlton, and Will jumps in front of the bullet. <laughs> I'm getting emo just thinking just about thinking that episode. About it. It's so, like, the the monologue at the end. Oh, my God. I'm literally about to cry. Like, Will Smith is like, oh, if you have mm-hmm. not seen that episode, you have to go and watch. Just Google, like, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, uh, you know, episode where they get mugged, Carlton and Will, and Carlton goes and buys a gun because he thinks it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, my God. It's just, like, I'm literally crying just thinking about it now. I but like I cry when I think of that episode so uh, where um, 
Will asks his uncle about like his father, and he like yes. had they have a very like sentimental moment. Mm-hmm. You guys know what I'm talking about. If you've seen it, you mm-hmm. totally know. And he he's the like, the most vulnerable, and he says to his uncle, like, "Why doesn't he want me?" And I'm getting teary eyed oh. just repeating that line. Yes. But I know that moment, Stop. and it was like. That was probably one of the shows that that you, Nikisha, you mentioned Blackish, which I think does an excellent job. But man, to see like a so TV sitcom be so funny and like slapsticky, which I'm all for, mm-hmm. like physical comedy and really funny, and this whole like divergence of like different cultures coming together. You know, he's from West Philadelphia now living in Bel Air, but then he has this really like honest moment with his uncle, which people could relate, you know, you could relate to your own personal life about like, you know, not feeling wanted or, Mm -hmm. you know, have, you know, dealing with like family issues, which we've all dealt with in different degrees. And I was like, Oh, that's such a good moment. Even if someone shows me a clip of it, I will cry my eyes out. Same. I think uh, going back to your original point, Michelle, I think that I don't know if sitcom writing, like multicam sitcom writing, like multicam is like where it's shot in front of a live audience, right? Like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Living Single, uh, Girlfriends, these are all shot in front of a live studio audience. But I don't know if I see that level of writing in modern multicam shows. I don't see that level of emotion, emotional intelligence, and humor in one show like I saw in the 90s. And the one thing that has been on my mind actually for quite some time Mm -hmm. is there was this golden era of black sitcoms in the 90s. And then it just fell off a cliff. What on earth happened? I have some theories. I think um, as we have obviously become, hopefully, I think, as a, hopefully, uh, as a society in terms of uh, recognizing racism in the world, also in Hollywood, I have a theory, because also, too, based off some stuff that I've been reading about my pick this week, I worry that Maybe there was a lot of black entertainers, writers, comedians, actors who were driven out of driven out of this industry because they weren't felt they weren't made to feel welcome. I worry that that's what happened and it killed this amazing era of television because again, I grew up Family Matters, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, everything on UPN, Moesha, the Parkers. And then it just suddenly, I don't, the millennium hit and black leads on television and comedy just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have some theories. Do we have any thoughts around this? Am I the only one who's like, what happened? They did. It just fell off a cliff. I totally agree with you. We it- went from like having these groundbreaking iconic female characters of color to friends like an all you know like shows that like are predominantly white cast and not to say that I don't appreciate some shows for what they are um but man I don't know I don't know what what how how we went from like the golden age to absolutely nothing like it I mean 
it was like ensemble, black ensemble show after black ensemble mm-hmm. show. And then it just fell off the face of the earth. And I, and I, in turn, uh, I don't know. I think uh, I, I know that diversity in Hollywood and representation in Hollywood is still something we struggle with, but I feel like, man, there was such a great thing happening. And then I, it just disappeared and all I saw for a long time were majority white folks in on sitcoms. Um, and again, I look back on sitcoms from that era and the best sitcoms to me were these black ensemble sitcoms. Um, so anyway, I may be biased. I don't think I am. Uh, but they were. it was just such good writing. And I am disappointed that that happened. But I'm hoping that with shows like Blackish, now Mixedish, now you've got another, you also got Grownish, and all these uh, spinoffs are happening. Black AF. Um, I'm hoping that network comedy specifically, that's when I'm sorry, I should say that I should back up one second. Network comedy, like the ABCs, the Foxes, the NBCs. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they are trying to compete in a world that they may no longer be relevant in now with all these streaming platforms, but I- I'm <laughs> I'm excited. I know Michelle has a piece of news that she's going to talk about later on in our um, segue in terms of like cool things that are coming up but man i'm disappointed i don't know like i feel i hope that uh i hope that we can have another golden era where it's not just white representation in sitcoms but we shall see anywho were you gonna say something michelle oh no no go ahead no go ahead i'll save it i was gonna say something related to my the character or the show that I'm talking about uh, more specifically, I guess I can say it now without giving it too much away, but um, I read last night as I was doing some research that the show that I'm talking about did not run for very long. It only ran for a couple seasons. And I didn't realize that three, two of the three main actors uh, walked out because they mm-hmm. want, they demanded from the network executives to be paid more money. They wanted, I think they wanted like better dressing rooms originally and something else. And the, oh the network was like, fine, we'll give it to you. And then they realized that they had a really, it's a really funny show. And so they did a second walkout. And the executives, the articles that I read last night, the executives, quote unquote, thought thought it was too much trouble to pay them more money, to play these act to no, these, see, this pay is, these actors more money. Is, and it hurts my heart because I'm watching the show thinking how funny it yep. is. And like, it, it, granted, it was shown a very long time ago, but I was like, what, you know, what happened? It's that same thing. Like, wow, they couldn't just pay these, you know, yeah. these actors more money because they were funny yeah. and they were like multifaceted and interesting. And the fact that they didn't, and that's why the show ended up getting canceled. But the irony is they had, you know, three seasons of this show. They ended up replaying it in the mid eighties and it got rave reviews. It, it was like off the charts as far as like viewership. Mm. Cause this is when I watched it when they, they did uh, reruns of it. And, and I was just like, they had something so talk about golden, you know, the golden age of television. They had something so golden and magical on their hands. They canceled it cause they didn't want to spend the money on the actors. And I don't know if that's just 
could partially be because they were black actors at a time when you didn't you didn't see a lot of black mm. actors on television but man then to play it later on and find that like young audiences loved it and found it hilarious mm. so interesting yep uh, <laughs> yep like i yeah this is my concern this is where this is my theory this is a theory cuz i don't have any evidence to show it mm-hmm. And really only the people who know what happens are the people involved. But I can't help but think that Hollywood um, just, I, I feel like, either drove black comedians and actors out of the industry through mistreatment or misconduct or not getting treated well like their white counterparts. Um, and I think that contributed to the plateau. Um not plateau the cliff uh, right off the cliff of uh, black television just not falling off the face of the earth and uh it's so disappointing but again it's a theory i don't have any evidence to but i to think speak like, to that but on the upside i think we're going to talk about some shows today that uh yes. maybe for some people maybe you haven't seen some of these shows and maybe you'll go and watch them and just like have the kind of like oh my face hurts belly laugh that yes. i was having <laughs> last night as we talk about so i'm excited to talk about these characters today I'm excited. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Um, Nikisha, you are our special guest today, which means you go first. You have to tell us now who is your favorite funny black woman from sitcoms. My favorite is Sinclair James from Living Single. Yes. She is... The original awkward black girl, and I love, love, love her. Like, so I confess, when I first watched the show, I didn't have the same appreciation for her character. Like, now, when did you first watch the show? That's a good question. So I actually didn't grow up watching it because I grew up in a home where I was like extremely sheltered and I didn't get to watch a lot of things. (laughs) So I only unlike Michelle and I, yeah, where, our where parents my parents are like, what? In front of the television. <laughs> yeah. So it was actually fairly yeah. recently. I binged the entire series um, like early last year. <gasps> I know. Shocking. Oh, that is yes. what happens when you grow up in an extremely strict <laughs> home. So <laughs> I, I just fell in love with all of the characters. I just love the dynamic. I love the relationships they have with each other is just like, oh, like these are the kind of friendships I live for. But anyway, I'm digressing. Um, Sinclair, like initially she'll strike you as like this kind of aloof, sort of ditzy weirdo who's like just so naive and she can come off as annoying. But if you take Mm -hmm. a closer look at her character, like she... She is actually really amazing. Okay, so first of all, I love that goofy childlike quality and she's not ashamed of it, even if it's the quality that makes her look like the oddball of the group. Like she doesn't care how annoyed her friends will get. Like if they're going through it, like whether (laughs) Maxine is like struggling to find a job or something, she's like, woo, woo, woo. It's going to be okay. And I'm like, she is just (laughs) so wholesome. Like, she's the person you want (laughs) 
to be around like when you need a pick me up of course she is just a ray of sunshine oh my god yes and i love her for that Mm-hmm. And also, I feel like she, like, I'm sure she's probably not the first, first awkward black girl, but I feel like she's the one who, like, paved the way for, like, a lot of the awkward black characters that we see today. Awkward black female characters. Mm. So, like, before Issa from Insecure, we had Sinclair, right? Right. Like, a lot of people right. associate awkward black girl with Issa today. And I'm like, okay, guys, you need to go back and watch the single because, like, ah. uh, she's the one who gave us, like, real awkward black girl energy, right? Like, she's, she's yeah, obsessed she with is. troll dolls. Like, she talks to her plants. Yeah, that's right. She is, like, the post. I talk to my plants. She is the definition of awkward. And I just love her so much. Um but she's not ashamed of it. Like she flaunts that. And that's just what makes her so magnetic. Like I just absolutely love is her. She is, how can you not? She is so lovable mm-hmm. on that show. It's such a great contrast mm-hmm. to some of the other characters. Like Queen you have Latifah's Queen Latifah, character. Uh, Radika? Radika? She's like super like serious and like. Uh, takes no shit. Like Queen Latifah, I love Queen Latifah. Khadija, Khadijah. Uh, that she's like takes no shit. And you've got Max, who's like career woman, and then Kim Fields being Kim Fields. Yeah. I feel like. Uh, I mean, I grew up watching Tootie, um, but I just she's the per- Kim Coles is like the perfect person Kim in Coles, this role. Oh like every time. She shows up on screen. She's like, we've talked about this about other characters, which and the actors, but she's so watchable and so interesting that my like eyes automatically, when she shows up, look at her. And then she, they, she's always got some like really great line. You know, she's always mm-hmm. got some like really great thing that she's saying. Sometimes it is, it's like childish or like funny, but you can hear the laughter and you can sometimes see people trying not to break because she's so, she's so damn funny. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I would not mind uh, just spending hours with her, with her character. Kim feels too actually, because I feel like her real life personality, I don't know, maybe it's because she's such a great actress, but she strikes me as someone who's naturally bubbly and like, just yeah, filled with warmth. Yeah, she strikes me as that kind of person, and she's so funny too. So, uh, can we also talk one second about like these intro songs for these shows? Oh like living the living she's single so intro good. song, I still have <laughs> memorized. I can't remember what I ate yesterday, but I'll remember the living single intro song. <laughs> living single. Like, I mean, ooh, in a 90s kind of, like, come yes. on, it's so good. It's so, so good. <laughs> like, like okay. these iconic intro songs for these shows are just amazing. That's another thing we lost from the 90s is these, like, incredible intro yes. songs for sitcoms. Yes. They just don't That's happen so anymore. They don't. Um, oh my god I love that if you guys go back and watch the very first episode of Living Single they the set that they used looks oddly familiar to me the house that the gals Uh-oh. live in looks exactly like the interior set of 
the Family Matters house. No way. The way that it's set up. Because if you remember, there's like stairs in the back of the living room. And then they're on like yeah. the left, left-hand left side is like the viewer is like the front door. And so I was just like, I never really noticed it before. But in going back and watching uh, some more Living Single last night, I was like, God, why does that look like the Family Matters house? And then they go into the kitchen, and the kitchen even has, like, the green fridge and everything that I remember from, like, Family Matters. But then it wasn't until, like, the – and then in the second episode, they changed the set completely. So I was, like, trying to do – They must have repurposed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's totally possible. Trying to see if I could verify. Oh, please don't tear this set down. Just (laughs) reuse it. Yeah, just dress it up differently. That's totally possible. It it looks exactly Um, like it. You guys will see it if you go watch the first. I'm going to check that. That's funny. Well, okay. Um, Okay. I love the fact that you chose uh, Sinclair James. You know, I'll just go ahead and say this now. She was on my honorable mentions because uh, Living Single was a show I remember. I probably was too young to watch it, but I still watched (laughs) it as a kid. Again, my parents were like, yeah, sure. Watch whatever you want on television. And uh, man, talk about also too, like talk about. Uh, a career launcher for Queen Latifah and uh, yeah. the career she went mm-hmm. on to have like geez that woman's also frozen in time for God's sake she looks sake. exactly like, the same like I feel did she, she make it exactly like a deal with the devil same. she's on because she looks the exact same on she's on a, some new show on CBS which I very rarely watch CBS oh yeah the um is it the equalizer, equalizer. she's doing a she yeah is, she's doing a uh, a reboot of yeah that. she's doing this reboot mm. um I I should I should watch more of it. The only reason I know is because it played like after the Super Bowl, and I was like, "Damn!" I was like, "Queen Latifah looks so good, and she's kicking ass." I was like, "Why am I not watching the show?" Like it was just really good, and it was believable. And I and of course they play up the whole like, "Oh, she's a woman, so she what is she gonna do? Kick my ass?" And then she does, and I'm like, yes. "Oh, Queen Latifah, I love you so much." <laughs> She does not age. I do believe that Queen Latifah would kick my ass. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, this is just facts. Um, <laughs> but then you can't facts. be mad about um, it. It's a great right. story. <laughs> oh, I'm not mad at it. I would love for Queen Latifah to kick my ass. That would be such an honor. Um, <laughs> oh, and can we <laughs> Michelle, just, should I go next? Yeah, you go next. But I was just going to say, oh, wasn't Kim, Kim Coles was also in, in Living Color? Which was a show yes. that I grew up watching, but I was yes. probably like a t- preteen, preteen when that came on. Um, so I was a little bit older, but I remember her being just so amazing on that show. I mean, everybody was amazing on it. Talk about career launching for so many people. But jeez, oh, right? I mean, S- Sinclair was also oh. on my honorable mentions list, so I was like, I love that. I'll just, I mean. It's just like a three for three. It I mean, it was going to happen. I mean, if you've watched in live, if, you, if if you've watched Living Single, I mean, you just know what I mean. And of course, kids, if you don't know what we're talking about, you better go watch Living Single because you're really missing out. Yes. Um, okay. What you got? Kim? I'll go next. Yeah. <laughs> now this character is one of the catchphrases that I still say as a grown person <laughs> when someone says something shocking to me or does something that like uh, wows me or amazes me. Um, I will immediately scream out, "Damn, Gina!" <laughs> because Martin was one of the funniest sitcoms I think oh. that to ever cross yes. television. 
I absolutely love Gina Waters, mm-hmm. hit, uh, who plays, if you've never seen Martin, Martin is played by the comedian and actor who you may or may not have heard of called Martin Lawrence. <laughs> and uh, if you haven't heard of Martin Lawrence, geez, geez uh, you I must like be Get out old. from under that rock. <laughs> <laughs> you must be Stop a child. being 12 uh, years old. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Please go watch Martin and uh, Bad Boys, uh, the Bad Boys oh, franchise, yes. and uh, anything With from Martin in it. Martin yeah. Lawrence. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, the guy is a comedic genius. Mm-hmm. Um, I will talk about some uh, unfortunate things that did happen on the set of Martin, but very long story short, why I love Gina is because I, I alluded to this earlier. She is a strong but imperfect woman. I love how she gets really excited and excitable whenever Martin's like pressing her buttons or Shanene is like, you know, pressing, you know, wanting to start a fight in the middle of the hallway. Gina is always that character who can, you know, get riled up, but she knows when she knows when the line's about to be crossed. She's always the one between Pam Shanene between <laughs> Pam and Martin, between Martin and it's Cole. So Do you know what I mean? She's always the one breaking up the fight, yes. right? And she is just a wonderful character. I remember watching her as a child and looking at her and being like, this woman has it all. Like the fashion, also the fashion that Gina rocks mm-hmm. on that show, as well as Pam. I want to wear those outfits today <laughs> in 2021. They are so damn good. It, Uh, She's a working woman. She's independent. She doesn't rely on Martin. She has her Mm -hmm. own career. She talks back to him. They're not married on the show. They're not even married. They're an unmarried couple um, who are trying to figure out life. Mm -hmm. I, again, I alluded to this earlier, but if you love Martin, you love Gina as well. I highly recommend that you go watch this ET online YouTube interview um, done with Tisha Campbell. Tisha Campbell plays Gina. She's awesome. She went on to go uh, onto the show, my wife and kids with um, the weigh-ins. Uh, Damon. Yeah, uh, Damon Wayans. Damon yeah. Wayans. Yes, mm-hmm. I. <laughs> there's like 50 Wayans, and I'm like, please. I'm like, we just talked about in Living Color, which I know was also a bunch of Wayans. I'm like, oh god, Kim, don't get this mixed up. Yes, Damon Wayans. She's fantastic on that show, but she will always have my heart playing uh, Gina Waters Payne on Martin. So, just some fun facts about this. Uh, Martin Lawrence and Tisha Campbell knew each other before the show. And Martin kept saying to her, look, when I, when I launch, when I get my movie, my pilot or whatever, you're coming with me. He kept saying that to her. You're coming with me. You're coming with me. And she's like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, she's pursuing her acting thing. Um, Meanwhile, Martin Lawrence gets his pilot for his show, Martin. He goes to Gina she, he goes to Tisha and he's like, Tisha, I got a pilot. You have to be, yeah. you have to be my girlfriend. You have to be Gina on this show. And she's like, but I just booked a pilot. I don't know. Um, and he literally begged her. He's like, please, there is what? no one who would be better on this show wow. than you. And she was like, all right. And then the funniest part is that in real life, Tisha Campbell is BFFs with Tashina Arnold, who plays Pam. 
Sam, her BFF on the show. They were actually friends in real life. This is pilot season in whatever the 90s. Pam, Pam, <laughs> Tashina Arnold is now in Hollywood. She's auditioning as an actress for pilot season. She books the role of Pam on Martin. And so then Martin goes and meets up with Tisha and Tashina and is like, wait, how do you guys know each other? Like, wait. And they're like, oh, we're BFFs. And he's like, oh my god and then he starts yelling at tisha he's like tisha you have to be on the show now like you have your your bff is literally on the show and you guys are playing bffs on the show you have to be on the show and he talked her into it and um one of the things right that tisha says in this interview she's like i just felt drawn to the show it felt right and little did they know that they would go on to put fox as a network on the map it was one of fox's most successful shows it was again a hilarious black ensemble cast and it really launched so many careers uh for the for these actors actors um the other thing i will say is that it had five seasons now five seasons Mm -hmm. is incredible especially for a newer network Mm -hmm. like fox i was like figuring out their footing and what have you um however i mentioned that there was some unfortunate things that happened on set um apparently tisha campbell was getting uh harassed sexually harassed by martin lawrence she ultimately filed a lawsuit against Mm. him and the producers of the show because they weren't taking her allegations seriously and so she ended up um exiting the show but they wanted to close out season five um and she was like i will only do it if we are never on set together or in a scene together. And so if you've ever watched season five, it's actually really awkward. There's this whole crazy storyline about them moving to LA, but Gina's never on in a scene with Martin. Oh. And it's for this very reason. I didn't know that. So that's the bad news. Yeah. I, I only just recently found out about this too. The good news is that watching this ET online interview mm-hmm is that she had mentioned that they are on good terms now. She's like, we're on great terms now. We have made up. He has asked me for forgiveness. I have forgiven him. We are past that. Um, They're even exploring the idea of a reboot. Yes. Uh, Man, (laughs) give it to me, Fox. (laughs) I want it. Um, Somebody, Netflix, somebody do this. I want them Uh, as the main characters, though. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. They don't bring back Martin unless I have Martin exactly. Lawrence and Tisha Campbell and all the original cast. Unfortunately, one of the actors um, yeah. is no longer with Tommy. us. So it would. Uh, yeah. Um, so, God, what a freaking fantastic show. I'm sad it ended on the note that it did. Mm-hmm. But again, this kind of goes back to my theory about Hollywood and maybe, you know, in terms of like white producers not supporting uh, the black artists to come to them mm-hmm. with serious allegations and unfortunately didn't make it make for a healthy uh, working environment. So anyway, I have to give it up for Tisha Campbell as Gina on the show, Martin. There are so many catchphrases on Martin that still stick with <laughs> me to this day. 
the one that I had mentioned earlier that I said I would, I promised I would say again is get to stepping. Oh like, get to stepping. <laughs> it's like, and yes. the door slam. Like, just, yes. oh my God. <laughs> just Martin going, step. That's just Martin all he going, has to step. say. Like, I, that's all you need to say. <laughs> Funny. It's the way he says it too. Like he puts all his energy into that one line. Like he means it. You gotta go. (laughs) Like get and like the whole like putting the uh, hand in each other's face. Another fun fact I learned is that was improvised. So there was a scene, yeah, that Martin and Tisha were doing, and like one of them just started like I think I want to say it was like Tisha like just started putting her hand like you know full flexed fingers in his (laughs) face and he did it back to her and this became a thing that talked to the hand motion oh my god Um, which is like like, talk about iconic yes you took the words right out of my mouth I was like iconic because I'm sure there are maybe younger people today who have heard the like you know, or just the motion of like putting your hand in someone's face, like just quit. But they have, they don't know that it came <laughs> they don't from know this the amazing sitcom. Yeah. Uh, it's so, so, so good. I was laughing so hard this morning because <laughs> there was an episode where like Cole's doing something dumb or whatever and it screws up something at Martin's work. And um, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, Martin comes out of his office and Cole's like, so how's everything going? And, um, uh, you know, uh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And Martin's like, oh, really? Really? Because um, you should be preparing for the meeting. And Cole's like, what meeting? And Martin's like, the meeting between my foot and your ass. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm totally going to so steal bad. that. Like, for good. my real the meeting between my foot and your <laughs> ass like and he comes up with a lot of these things on the fly i think that's what makes it so good too yes. he is just so brilliant it's even when martin wants you know like at least once an episode martin is about to fight somebody <laughs> the physicality yes. The physicality yes. he puts in his face when he's about to fight you is like, <laughs> and the things he, he does this, you guys, you have to watch it. He does this thing with his body and his leg and the physical comedy is just so genius. Good. It's so, yeah. so good. It is one of the funniest shows. <laughs> I grew up watching this show. Too. Like, it just it is a fond memory of me in my childhood and Gina even I'm going to give it up for yes. Pam like Pam was one of those women who I'm just like talk about like great female role models mm-hmm. on this show where mm-hmm. like Pam would never let Martin she would never let him get away with nothing <laughs> and sh- Pam is like the ultimate BFF that you want on your mm-hmm. side we were talking earlier about like people you want to hang with and people you want to have on your side. Pam's that woman that you want on your side when someone tries to fuck with you. Mm -hmm. Like, Pam is ready to go. And I... I love Tashina Arnold in this role. I love that Tisha and Tashina were BFFs in real life. Like, that... That chemistry... That just makes my heart smile. It makes makes so much sense. That they're... Yeah. It comes Mm -hmm. through. Oh, it's so good. But anyway... That's my pick this week. Uh, 
Damn, Gina. Damn, Gina. Uh, <laughs> <good one. laughs> Michelle, who do you got this week? Oh, my gosh. Well, mine comes from my childhood. My pick this week is D. Thomas, played by Danielle Spencer in the show What's Happening. Now, I don't know if a lot of people watch What's Happening. Um, it was only on, I mentioned earlier, that it was, wasn't on for very long. It was only on for three seasons. And it wasn't originally it was on in the late 70s so 1976 from 1979 so i didn't watch it until they replayed it in the like mid to late 80s where they showed reruns but for anybody who doesn't know what's happening you probably know rerun played by freddie stubbs who like loved to dance he wore a little red beret and loved to dance i loved rerun but anyways it centers around three friends Raj, Dwayne, and Rerun. And they're uh, dealing with school and uh, their love lives and friendships and girls. And they're always getting into some, like, hijinks. Like, they're always getting themselves into trouble. Um, But they are so funny. And I just remember as a kid watching the show come on when I got home from school, like, and I was young enough that like, I was, I wasn't like doing homework or anything. So like my after school time was like playing outside or watching TV. And this came on and I just was fascinated by everything. The music came on and I thought, what is this show? And it definitely was because D is the little sister of Raj and she is so damn funny like I this is how I learned what funny was Um, there's a lot of strong female characters Mm, in this entire show Um, but she is billed kind of originally or if you find anything they're like oh she's Raj's bratty little sister but I never thought she was his I'm a little sister but I never thought she was the bratty little sister I thought she was funny I thought that she took no shit from anybody, and I love that. But she was—is she a smartass? And she was a smartass. But I also felt like she was really like, I guess pun intended. But she was really smart, you know. Like she wasn't just like sassy girl yeah. that like says a one liner and leaves. She was. She played this multifaceted character, and I was like, you don't just you you know you, you could look at any sitcom and there's always like oh you're the annoying little brat or you're the annoying bratty sister and I was like but here's a character from the late 70s when they first filmed the show Mm. and broadcasted it and she's not just this bratty little sister she's got these kind of like multifaceted character characteristics about her where she's smart and she is sassy and she speaks her mind but in this role as like she's a kid you know and I just thought she there Mm -hmm. is one line speaking of one lines there which they gave her such good lines to say (laughs) and the way that she says them but there she always used to bust on rerun because rerun was fat and I'm not saying that you can you should bust on people for how they look or their weight but they had like (laughs) this thing where she just used to bust on him so hard (laughs) it's different different time in the 70s and 80s of like sitcoms right yeah different time of comedy but there's this one bit where like uh you know she'd always bust on rerun and then he at some point would be like, you know, stop picking on me, D. And then there was somebody in else in the cast may, had some line, had like some setup 
And so Rerun looks at D and he's like, Ugh, D, are you calling me fat again? And they're all sitting at this table and there's like this long pause and you can see she's trying to keep a straight face for her next line and everybody else at the table is trying to be cool about it too. And she goes, <laughs> and she says it deadpan and he goes, are you calling me fat again? And she goes, no, you always been fat. <laughs> and it's just such a bird. <laughs> it's such a bird when she's like, you've always been fat. And even like Freddie Stubbs' face, you can see that he's, I think like, he covers his mouth a little bit or something oh, because man. he's trying so hard not to laugh. And I just remember I was like, this little girl, like, because I was a little girl watching this show, I was like, this little girl is funny. And I love that she's funny and she's getting all the laughs and she's getting this attention. It just seemed to be in the in the really right right way. So, anyways, on the show, she's always shaking down Raj to like, you know, uh, I'll do that for a quarter. She's always like, oh well, I won't do that for a quarter. I mean, this show, I don't think you can. I think you can watch it on YouTube. Um, if you go to our Instagram, you see that I have the DVDs. That's how much I love this show. Um, <laughs> just watch the first episode. Uh, she's so great. She's got her own phrases. She's the one who said, ooh, I'm telling. And she used to say, like, ooh, you're going to trouble. <laughs> and she used to, like, she used to, like, just draw it out. And I just loved watching her on screen. I just thought she was so she was so great and she's always got the best of everybody like if she wasn't serving up one-liners she was like oh i'll do that for a quarter (laughs) she was making all this money um but i she's kind of like a deep cut for me and i just watch go back and watch the show and think Mm. she's so funny Mm -hmm. and in the very first episode of the first season she actually does um a steve urkel where she's like she says something to the character who's the who's mama played by Mabel King and she goes, Oh, did I do that? And Ooh. I was just like, Wow, was that the Uh-oh. original? Did I do that? Like, because this was you the know OG, did I do yes. that? Because she's totally getting caught, like in a because <laughs> she's totally getting caught in a lie. She was like a master manipulator of like, you know, Raj's the mom the mom character said you can't go to this party. You have to stay home and watch your sister. And so, of course, he doesn't. He goes to the party and leaves her with a babysitter. And, uh, of course, Dee goes, well, I am not. Gonna, I won't tell anybody for a quarter. And then the mom comes home early. And then she's like, what do you do? What happened? Where's Raj? And she's like, mm, I, I said I wasn't – I'm not supposed to tell you for a quarter. I'm not supposed to tell you that he went to the party. And it's just like the timing when you think of like the comedic <laughs> timing and like the comedic chops to like deliver yeah. some of these lines. Yeah, I mean, for someone who was like a little girl, I just I loved it so much. And I felt like I it mean, gave such the right amount of levity to the entire show. And I loved the entire cast for, for the show. And I wish it would have I wish it would have run longer. Like I said, they didn't give it it's due in the in the 70s even though it had pretty good ratings but they didn't want to pay any of the actors Ernest Thomas who played Raj walked out um, and so did Freddie Stubbs who you can also see back in the day back in Saturday Night Live was originally on like in the the 70s they had like dance breaks not just musical breaks but dance breaks and you can see Freddie Stubbs dance like full on dancing rerun style in between like these Saturday Night Live 
dance breaks, which is just amazing. No way. Um, Danielle Spencer, I think. I did not know that. I think it's kind of cool. Um, she was just, uh, she didn't go on really to do any acting outside of this. They did have a sequel in the mid to late 80s called What's Happening Now. Um, I think when they realized, oh, we had something cool and yeah. kind of didn't do anything with it. So they tried their own version of a reboot. She came back for that. She left school. Um, interestingly enough, this was actually kind of sad that she was in a car accident um, with her stepfather and her stepfather was killed and she was badly injured um, and and she, it um, spurred her later in life to study medicine because um, she obviously mm. was very traumatized from from this accident and losing her stepfather. Mm. Um, but they, I, I read somewhere yeah. that they changed her hairstyle in one of the seasons because she had like scars from the from the accident on her forehead and stuff. Oh, wow. But, um, so she went on to be like this really cool person in real life. <laughs> I was like, I always grew up thinking she was like this really cool yeah. character with all these really funny lines. And, and I'll never forget. There's an episode where she has to, they cast her in a TV commercial for, I think it's called bridge burgers. And she's supposed to take a bite of the hamburger and say it. It's like, Hmm, that's the, you know, that tastes great. And in typical D fashion, she takes a bite of the burger as they're rolling the cameras for this commercial and the burger tastes disgusting. <laughs> and she's like, she has like a, a really funny line where she's like, my lips, my lips touch dog meat or something like that. And she like throws the burger on the ground and like, they're like, little girl, little girl, you can't do that. Like, you're so cute. And they're trying to make her be like this cute version of herself, but like her like smart assy, like sassy ways, like just win out and I I mean like I said I can go back and watch these shows and like nonstop and just laugh so hard because there's so many so many great moments so I I just wish that you could go readily watch it like on on Prime or something but you can get the DVDs and I think you can watch some of it on YouTube but little sister D from what's happening uh, I love her you make me want to go watch this show Oh, I know right. you will love it. I don't it. think I've seen a single I, episode, which is really shameful. Same. But also, it's past. It's past, It's before my time, I should say. Yeah, because they didn't. They only didn't show it for very long in the eighties, and then they just stopped showing it, and then it went away. And then right. I was. This was probably like maybe like 10, 15 years ago. I forget. It came up. I was talking to somebody. I was like, God, whatever happened to that show? Because I remember watching it as a kid and loving it. And um, and the guys are funny in it. The ladies are funny in it. And like I said, it was the first time that I really saw something that made, as a kid that made me laugh. And I was like, oh, this is what's funny. And there's physical comedy and – they do tackle some some kind of like uh, deeper subjects, but then there's also this really this really mm -hmm. great level of like acting of like because I don't know if there were um, writers who were black who wrote the sitcom. I'm assuming not because this is the 70s, but to, it was such a great show that they mm -hmm. had a, it had all this like potential they could have done stuff with and so I said to a friend of mine I was like whatever happened to that show and I found the DVDs somewhere and that's why I own them and that's the only way I can watch them and they're like a little bit grainy um, but yeah. man I love every moment of of this entire show I'm gonna go look for the DVDs oh. 
Yeah. <laughs> if we lived oh closer, I'd just be like, yeah, come I'm over, you can watch it. Out. I need to watch this now. Like, I am sold. <laughs> I, yeah, same. I'm, I'm sold. I, again, like, going back to, like, uh, we've talked a lot about, like, the comedic genius behind all these actors mm-hmm. um, and these shows. And the one thing I forgot to mention when I was talking about Martin and Gina is, um, so Gina... Yeah, Gina Tisha at the time was like <laughs> did not understand like what they were creating like you know she you know she's probably so close to the production that she's not realizing like there's this growing audience that just loves this freaking show they love these characters and she uh and so one of the things the interviewer asked her in that ET interview was like when did you know that you guys were creating something so iconic and she was like, I was at um, an event uh, for, I want to say the United Negro Fund and Lawrence Fishburne like sought her out and stopped her and was like, I need you to know that I love your work. <gasps> and he, and he said He's to her, chills. I am, I know he goes, I am so proud of what you're doing. Wow. And she was like, wait, are you talking to me? <laughs> Yes, he's like the show is fantastic. You are fantastic. And it just blew her away that someone a quote unquote serious actor like Lawrence Fishburne was like you're incredible. Mm-hmm. And I think this goes back to our previous point in terms of like why do we do this to comedy? Why do we put comedy on this like lower mm-hmm. pedestal because it gives us good feelings or makes us laugh or what have you there's a genius that comes with comedy and i think all of these comedies that we've just been talking about prove that mm-hmm. yes oh that's so interesting i love that yeah right and then lawrence, I mean, lawrence fishburne, fishburne. <laughs> and now he's on he's blackish, on blackish. blackish. Yes. I think that's gonna be. And he, I think he's having his own spinoff too. That's gonna be called Oldish. Oh, yeah. yes, Oldish. I heard that. I heard that. I love it. I love anything. I related to. The I Black-ish. cannot. I my uh, so Lawrence Fishburne. I went to the Blacklist had a live reading of the movie Goodfellas, and they don't tell you who the cast is beforehand, mm-hmm. and they surprise the audience and when I was there that one night to see Goodfellas, uh, the announcer was like, and playing the basically Robert De Niro's role was a Jimmy. I can't remember the name. Um, they go Lawrence Fishburne. And I screamed. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I just screamed. Uh, Uh, It was wonderful. He's fantastic. I love it. Um, Folks, we got to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about some upcoming or existing black comedies that you should check out, both upcoming and new. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, up, both upcoming and existing when we return. Hey, it's Rebecca Lieb. And I'm Jason Horton. And we are Ghost Town, a show about weird history, hauntings, unexplained events, true crime, and all kinds of bizarre phenomenon the world over. From unsolved murders to haunted manners. Satanic panic to internet mysteries. Buy a ticket to our abandoned amusement park. A VIP ghost pass to our haunted club? No. Bottle service. We have new episodes of Ghost Town every Wednesday and Friday, and you can find Ghost Town wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome back to Crush Fictionally. Well, as promised, we were going to tell you about some shows that either we're excited about or that excited us because we've watched them. Um, I don't know. Netflix is tapping into my phone because they knew that we were going to be talking about um, black TV sitcoms today. And they sent me an email to say that there's a new show starring, get this, Mike Epps, Kim Fields, and Wanda Sykes called the Upshaws. Um, this is- I can't <laughs> take my money. Take my money, Netflix. You already have it. Um, take my money. I have have yet to watch this because it just came out. Um, I, we're recording on a Saturday. I think it just came out Thursday, Friday, and it's um, centers around a family in Indiana struggling to make it work and make it right without any blueprints. I don't know. That's a terrible description. IMDb, do better. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm excited. I Kim Fields. I'm sold. Tootie, I love you. Um, anything Wanda Sykes does. Wanda Sykes is like at that level of oh uh, comedic genius where she just shows up on screen and she mm-hmm. barely has to talk and I will it's just so – She true. can say anything. <laughs> she doesn't even have to talk. She <laughs> does. Her, yeah, face. her facial expression. Yes. <laughs> genius. Uh, Wanda Sykes Michelle got me into Curb Your Enthusiasm and I live for the moments that Wanda Sykes shows up (laughs) I'm like man I need I just need like yeah like her against Larry David is like everything it's just everything uh, <laughs> i i love just, her character so in that show episodes. so much um i don't know if you guys ever <laughs> so saw good. this movie came out i know that uh hey if we can bring benifer jennifer lopez and ben affleck back can we just get more good <laughs> black tv sitcoms people please um so speaking of Jennifer <laughs> Lopez, she's in. She was in this movie from like I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. Don't worry, she looks the same. Um, called Monster in Law, and it has Jane Fonda <laughs> right. and uh, J Lo, and um, Wanda Sykes is in it, who plays kind of like not a bit part, but like a secondary character, and talk about stealing scenes like she is stealing scenes left and right and she's going head to head with Jane Fonda (laughs) who's like you know talk about OG as far as like movie stars are concerned but I love Wanda Sykes in this movie called Monster-in-Law and just a really funny lighthearted bit and every time she shows up and again she doesn't even have to say anything sometimes she'll just make a face at Jane Fonda and Jane Fonda will be like what (laughs) just like Wanda Sykes killing it every time (laughs) the other thing that I'm excited about is I got I think I got you into this Michelle the last OG you did Uh, this is kind of old news if you're already you're already watching entertainment news but they've been renewed for season four however speaking of funny black women Tiffany Haddish is exiting the show Um, there's going to be I know I can't I'm like what are they gonna do big shoes to fill I don't know what's going to happen, but I love the last OG. Anything Tracy Morgan, sign me up. Speaking of Tracy Morgan, fun fact, he got his start on Martin. You may remember him as Hustle Man. That character. (laughs) Um, And he, yes, and he credits Martin Lawrence for, you know, giving him his start. So I, I really love that because now you look at Tracy Morgan's career and Geez, what a freaking legend this man is. Uh, uh, the legacy this man will leave behind is extraordinary. And any Tracy Morgan is also one of those actors who can 
do or say anything or not say anything. And I'm laughing. I don't know why he just has comedy spewing out of his body. I don't even know how he does it, but absolutely love him. But yes, last OG, if you have not checked it out, I think it's one of the funniest comedies on TV. I'm going to say it. I think it's one of the funniest comedies on TV. It's very, very good. And And I think you can catch it on Netflix. You can catch it on Netflix. And Tiffany Haddish is, we've talked a lot about, female characters who are multifaceted. They're not just funny, you know, they're not just doing like slapstick comedy, but they and have funny lines, but they have this whole other element to them. And you were talking about Gina being like independent career woman. And they really show Tiffany Haddish's character as that, is that she has all these different sides to her. She's so funny. She's got great lines. She's got great physical comedy that she delivers. But then she's also like a very strong, driven, um, successful woman. And I love that. I love that she has all these different facets and she's not just this one thing. So I'm sad she's leaving, leaving the show, but the show is, I'm glad you got me into because it's so so funny and then the last thing i think we've already talked about this a lot but just to remind you (laughs) michelle uh coming to number two america on prime is like just stacked with end-to-end talent uh including leslie jones who (laughs) also is one of those actors that i'm like she can do or not do anything, and I'm laughing. She's just got, she's just a brilliant comedic actress. And she comedian. is a standout in this movie to me. I I I already loved Leslie Jones. I was sad she left Saturday Night Live because I thought she was great. Yeah, um, she upholding it. I, but I wanted, I want, yeah, she was upholding it, and I, but I want, so I wanted to just see more of her. But I get it. She got all these really cool opportunities, and coming to America is definitely one where she she shines. I don't think the movie would be anywhere nearly as funny if she wasn't in it she's got some of the best moments in that movie um to the point who um to the point where my mom who is terrible at celebrity names um she knows very few she generally gets them wrong um but she loves leslie jones and she remembers leslie jones's name and she actually watched coming to america before i did (laughs) and she was like leslie jones is amazing i was like well we knew this already so um yes coming to america and i will say they had leslie jones on the tonight show just recently within the last week and they had this bit that was Mm. like life advice i think it's called life advice and they have like a famous actor give life advice to these like you know anonymous questions that people submit and leslie jones oh my god talk about like you would want her to be your mentor in life if you ever seen the weekend update bits that she did on Saturday Night live yes of course but this woman wrote in and said that her boyfriend loves to do a fake australian accent when they meet new people and that uh he you know he it's terrible and he thinks it's really funny but the girlfriend's like it annoys me so badly and it's embarrassing you know what do i do because every time he does it after he's we've met these new people he goes i think they bought it i think they bought it and leslie jones is like look (laughs) here's what you do she's like relationships are all about having somebody's back true true story she's like 
It's all about having someone's back and you're not having his back if you're not telling him that he is being the most annoying person ever. You tell him next time he does it to stop it, start yelling at him, just be like, stop it. Don't do that. No one thinks it's funny. She's like, and then if he does it again, you break up with him and then you go get a boyfriend who actually is Australian, who actually speaks an Australian <laughs> accent. Expert. And then make sure... Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was laughing so hard. I was crying <laughs> as she was giving this advice. And I was like, I hope this, like, these questions that come in actually are from real people. <laughs> so <laughs> I good. hope that she's giving someone that real advice. She's so, so good. Hilarious. I just love her. I just love I agree her. about the coming oh to America God. bit, too. I think she was definitely the highlight of that movie. Not that I think it was as good as the first. Like, that still, in my personal opinion, like, it just does not iconic. come close. Yeah, iconic. Exactly. But coming mm. to America, I don't think. Mm. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't have been as funny without her in it. I don't think I would have liked it period to be quite frank she was just the funniest oh yeah i think she i agree good to yeah. know a lot of people might disagree with that but like, I, mean, I didn't find eddie murphy as funny like his jokes just didn't hit i don't know it was probably just because i held it up to that first movie standard so right. like it's hard. yeah it, it's tricky it is mm-hmm. tricky. It's so tricky. It's a long gap too between a first thirty and a years, I believe. Movie. Yeah, um, a huge gap. Yeah, huge, mm-hmm. huge gap. But yeah, I mean Eddie Murphy and Wesley Snipes. I'm sorry, well, Wesley Snipes is in this uh, coming too. I mean their their chemistry. I mean I loved him and my loved them in My Name Is Dolomite. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, I loved uh, them those two. But I love Wesley Snipes. Anything I love Eddie Murphy. Anything. Um, but yeah, Arsenio Hall and that and Eddie Murphy. I don't know that that chemistry in that first movie is so just so good. good. But I think. She- I, I want to watch him play every she saved character. Every it. I think that mm-hmm. Leslie Jones and Tracy uh, Morgan were the ones that really like saved the Tracy Morgan to too, be. Because I think it just would have. Yes, they. I think it would have fell a little bit flat. Not that there isn't chemistry was between Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy still, but yeah, some of the jokes didn't didn't fly as much as they did. Yeah. And again, we've put the original on such a pedestal that you, and it can't be touched like you know it just can't be touched it's exactly. like the yeah. is totally right it's so iconic and so good talk about like quotable lines from movies and iconic oh characters and the barber the barbershop scenes slay me every the time bar- <laughs> i mean i saw those the in the trailer shops. and i was like i wish they hadn't shown them in the trailer because they're just so darn funny they should have left it but um yeah, uh, and they're trying, and I like how it's a they they have the barbershop scenes at a at a, like in a current time, so they're trying to be like cognizant of things they shouldn't say, and you can't say that. Um, but yeah, I think Leslie Jones and Tracy Morgan <laughs> swooped right in and saved this movie. So again, I especially so appreciated and- the appearance of that little Soul Glow poster. I don't know if anyone else noticed it, but like. That oh my took God. me back. Yes. And I was like, yes, if they could just. <laughs> so glad. I'm kind of upset that, like, the. What was his character? Like, the first love interest. Uh, the Yeah, the bad yeah, boyfriend. I'm, I don't I'm kind of his name. still salty that he didn't come back, but anyway. Yeah. Like, just seeing him obsessively That's spray funny. his hair with that soul glow. So it was, like, <laughs> dripping. Like, I miss that. 
commercial for it. Oh my god. Like a walking so ad. Oh my god. So, yeah, there's just so many good things. It's hard to compare, yeah. but we'll tell you to watch coming to America just so that you can get it. You can check it off and see what you think and watch Leslie Jones and Kill Tracy it. Morgan. Yeah. Watch it Kill for it. them. Uh, oh, I love it. I love it. Um, guys, it's time to get into our honorable mentions. It. These are the characters that didn't quite make it to our number one spot. It can be as many or as few as possible. As I said earlier, Sinclair from Living Single was all of our honorable yeah. mentions. <laughs> um, so I will chop that off the list. But again, Nikisha, you are our special guest. Who do you have for honorable mentions this week? Quite a few amazing ladies. I... I mean, Oof, like, where do I start? Okay, so I, I had to narrow this list down because there's just so many great <laughs> women, but I don't want to sit here for like the next eight hours talking about this. So the first one I will mention because I've been binging this lately from a different world. Her name is Jalisa, Miss Jalisa Vincent. Like she is, first of all, I think yes. her character is like extremely, extremely underrated. Um, yes. She. So, fun fact about the character who plays her: she actually co-wrote the song, the theme song of the show. Oh, she did. Yeah. She, oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Don. Her name is Don. Oh. Yes, Don co-wrote the song, and that is just so cool. But just a side note: um, her character, though, like, first of all, she she was previously married. She got divorced. She had a miscarriage. She still went back to college at, I believe, 25. So there's this age gap between her and, like, all the people around her. And she's just nailing it. Like, she is just so driven, so determined. And she is just so sassy. Like, I think a lot of the strongest one-liners on that show came from her. Like, her comebacks are just so good. Um like I just watched this episode where like she's just starting to date Walter and like he you guys know Walter like he just digs himself up in these holes trying to explain himself like he'll just go out of his way to sound smart even though like he's just saying the dumbest thing and one time Jaleesa just goes do you need a shovel to dig yourself up out of that hole you just dug for yourself and I'm like yes Jaleesa give him a shovel so like things like that she's just so snappy and like she'll just come back with these really smart like really sharp comebacks and I'm like yes, yes. You're, you're like I just love her um but I think she's really overlooked because like people don't recognize the level of I should say resilience because she has been through so mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. and like she just makes it look easy like she she still manages to balance like her relationship and like going through all of these classes, the responsibilities that she has at the dorms, like, and she does it all with such grace. Mm -hmm. And like, Mm -hmm. she looks fabulous while she does it. And the girls look up to her. (laughs) Yes. Like, I just, I I love her so, so much. Uh And I'm really, really sad that like, she just disappeared out of nowhere after the, um, she wasn't in the last season. So I was like, what happened? Because if you guys recall, she, she up and got married to um, Colonel Taylor. And then um, they both had a baby. Oh. 
yeah and then like right after that her character just vanishes and i'm like what happened to jaleesa and i feel like that's just so disrespectful like how do you just erase her like she i feel like because of her like a lot of women who feel discouraged about going back to college i feel like she's the person who would inspire them to go back and like pursue their degree because you see people like her doing it like she she went on and like launched her own employment agency and i'm like yes jaleesa do your thing and i'm like okay let's see what happens next and then she's just gone they don't even say her name so i'm like i don't know i'm upset about that but like she she stands out as someone who really deserves recognition because she she just did it all and she was just so so amazing just love her I loved the show A Different World and I watched it when I was young so I had no idea what it meant to like go to college and date boys and you know do all the things that like you know college age you know either late teens or like early 20s that you do and I distinctly remember Jaleesa being like she was just a cool character you know she dressed cool she she was smart um and I, we've talked a lot about, like, women who, like, held their own. And I felt like she was, like, this – Kim talked about, like, voice of reason. Like, she was everything. She was, like, one-liners, voice of reason. Like, from the very first episode, everyone's gossiping because they're like, she's old. She's been to jail and making up all these, like, rumors about her. And, you know, she's been married before, blah, blah, blah. And she, instead of being, like, discouraged and crying about it, she was just a real tough cookie. But she was cool. And I just remember thinking that she was so cool. She was she was on my honorable mention list, too, because I loved that show at, like, every facet of it, from Dwayne Wayne oh. to, like, uh, Whitney Gilbert. Like, I loved all of it. And, and Lisa Bonet, even. Like, I, can we just talk about the fashion for everybody was wearing? Mm-hmm. I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And Marissa Best. Tomei, that was, like, her big break. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. I think. Yeah. I remember seeing her. Listen, I'm also going to bring up intro songs again. Oh, talk about a badass. Gosh. Iconic intro song yes. for a show. Written by I Don mean, Lewis. Combat, I remember... <laughs> I was also very young for A Different World, so I, do, I remember watching it, but I don't remember a lot of it because I was just so young. But I remember that song. Mm-hmm, yeah. I remember I remember watching it being like, these people are the coolest yes. fucking people <laughs> on the planet. Like, that, so cool. the way the camera pans, do you know what I mean? You're just like, what? what? This is amazing. Uh, like, my three-year-old self <laughs> putting two and two together. This is like my... <laughs> So, so <laughs> this <is> my <laughs> introduction into adult world, yeah. but like, yeah, like, oh my god, I need that's another show I need to go back and watch as an Please adult. Do. Um, because I clearly Hulu. didn't pick Hulu. up all it's the, on yeah, Amazon Prime, that's where I've been binging it. Okay, so so good, all oh, right, so good. Oh my god, any do you have any other honorable mentions on your list? Nikita? Yes, okay, I will move on to Claire Huxtable. She, mm-hmm. she's like my. No offense to my real life mom, I love her. But like, she is my dream mom. Like, I used to fantasize about her being my own mom in real life. Like, yes, I love her so much. Like, she, she's just so poised and like 
she's like the epitome of grace, but at the same time, she's not afraid to like snap back at you. Like she knows her worth. Mm. She's so intelligent, incredibly smart. Um, Mm -hmm. And she's just such a caring and a warm mother, but like she knows how to balance like being really warm and gentle and then being stern when she needs to be. Um, And I've always admired how she balances like her work life. She's an incredibly successful lawyer. And then she, she's a great mom, great wife. And I just, I love seeing her balance all of those things with such grace. Um, She makes it look easy. Mm -hmm. And I just always admired that. I'm like, wow. Like I, I wouldn't mind growing up and becoming like her. Um, and she's genuinely kind and like she's just she embodies like the ideal it's probably problematic to say it like this but like she's just such a great example of black womanhood like what a lot of us aspire to be Mm. in a sense she just embodies that and she's Mm. such a great person Mm. too Um, yeah I just love her Mm. Oh, I love that. Again, Cosby show is again, like ahead of my time. Um, But I, I mean, I know obviously Bill Cosby as a person, you know, we, you know, we need to address that and, you know, um, keep that in the back of our minds. But the thing that you cannot deny about the Cosby show is just how, how much it did for black families in television and like talk about the OG like black sitcom and really just breaking open like breaking down barriers um, for how black families, black individuals were uh, portrayed in media. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Cosby show is I think historically one of the most successful family sitcoms Ever. Not just black sitcoms, not just family sitcoms. It is one of the most widely, like globally successful sitcoms ever. Because it um, used to be, it, you, <sighs> at least growing up for me, um, it was played on primetime television. So it was like an evening spot. My family, we sat around and we waited for the Cosby show to start. We we watched mm-hmm. all the seasons because there were different intros. If anybody knows, there were different like cool intros to the to the show every season or every couple seasons. And we watched it we watched it religiously as a family and sat down and enjoyed it. And it it has longevity. I mean, I I don't think we need to get into like the Bill Cosby thing because Jesus, but um, that's a whole that's a whole, that's a whole other podcast. You guys, oh, that's, a, that's yeah, a different that's, topic. We're talking podcast. about incredible the yeah, black women characters. in television. We don't yeah exactly <laughs> we don't yeah, exactly we don't need to talk about Bill Cosby. And Claire Huxtable, yeah. oh my God, she was so cool. I first of all, I just love Felicia Rashad. She could show up in anything, and I would just bow down to her. Um, I think there's this one episode <laughs> that sticks out for whatever reason in my mind. There's a couple of them, but this one from my from seeing it as a kid, and I haven't. I don't think I can watch the Cosby Show anywhere because we know why. But um, I wish I could go back and watch this episode. They're going. Uh, they're going to a 
a fancy event. And so she wants to wear this fancy dress and she wants to lose weight. And so Claire enlists the help of a trainer played by Debbie Allen from fame. And um, she has to lose all this weight and it's really hard. And for whatever reason, I could – I could I can see that entire episode from beginning to end about her like dieting and not eating certain things and counting the croutons that go in her salad. <laughs> and then there's like a moment at night where she gets a cramp in her leg and it's this incredible physical comedy that we hadn't seen really from Felicia Rashad before because <laughs> the comedy was kind of like she was mm-hmm. great, but she was she was more like this cool character, you know, this cool cat kind of like character with these really great lines and she's just cramp in her leg and I can still see it. That episode just, there's just something about it. I don't know about my childhood mind, what it is that made that episode stick in my mind. I love Debbie Allen. So maybe that's it. Um, but she does, she fits into the dress and, and, um, but it's not without her like trying to sneak some like late night food and stuff. <laughs> and it's so, so great. Good. It's such a great episode. And we see another side to her that we hadn't really seen as far as like a maybe like an episode dedicated to her and and her comedy. So good. Yeah. Any last honorable mentions? Yes, my final one. I choose Rainbow Johnson. I figured I should at least try to incorporate a more modern, <laughs> modern day character, even though I've been binging like all 90s stuff. Um, <laughs> Rainbow, Rainbow is amazing. I love her because she actually reminds me a bit of Claire because in the same sense, she, she has like a really high stress job. She's balancing that with like a bunch of kids that test her patients like daily um (laughs) and then there's her husband like she has to deal with his antics all the time which takes an incredible (laughs) incredible amount of patience i just admire her for that alone like it just takes so much strength and discipline to deal with that on a daily basis and still stay sane um oh my gosh and andre's mother too like at least throughout the first few seasons, like she was oh just awful yes. to her. And I'm like, girl, I admire your, uh, your patience level. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's just incredibly cool. And just, she, I love the fact that she is very outspoken and she stands up to anyone who dares to question her blackness because I haven't watched Mixedish yet, actually, but like I know they go into detail about all the things. It's pretty good. Yeah, like all the things she went through because she was mixed and she looked so different from her peers. Um, And she still goes through that as an adult, unfortunately. And even her own husband has like tried to call her out for like not being quote unquote black enough. And she's like, um, no, like how dare you? Like, of course I'm black. and she's not afraid to speak up and say that. Like, she doesn't let anyone, um, like, plant doubt in her about that. So I just love that she's so I, I love confident it, in her skin to the point where, like, she doesn't really care how other people see her. Even in spite of what she's been through. Like, she's at that point now where she's like, okay, I don't really care what you say. Um, this is who I am. And I know I'm successful. I know my worth. Like what you have to say doesn't really matter. Like, I'm black, period. She has... 
Right. Yeah. She has the best line in the Blackish pilot, where again, uh, her husband is questioning her blackness, mm. and she goes, "If I'm not black, can you tell that to my hair and my ass?" <laughs> like I was like, I remember that. I don't know me personally. I don't know if me personally should uh, be repeating this line, but I just remember seeing that and laughing out loud so hard because i am i'm not black but i'm mixed and there and being an in-betweener both michelle and i are mixed Mm -hmm. and being an in-betweener you always are coming across this dumb notion of like not ever being enough you're never ethnic enough and you're never white enough you're kind of like it's like in the middle so one group is always saying well you're definitely not with us because you're not white enough to hang with Mm -hmm. us you're a little too ethnic Mm -hmm. and then even like for some parts of my family it's just like well, you're not really Filipino. You know, you're just, you're con- you are, but you're not. And it's just like, oh, Ugh. even from strangers and stuff too, which is crazy. Yeah. So that whole idea of her not being enough, I think is a really interesting factor for them to like, and to tackle as like a joke, like in that, in that, in that one line, but then also as like a serious thing. Cause they take it on. in I think in a recent episode where she talks about what it's like, to either you know not feel like accepted because she's not one or the other technically Mm. yeah i feel like that line from Bo it can be applied it's like oh you don't think i'm insert blank enough tell that to my blank and my blank i think all (laughs) of us who are like you know of like (laughs) mixed heritage mixed culture we can definitely find our own inserts for the for that exact line and i and i just related really hard to that obviously not in the same exact sense but just being big oh my god i'm so tired of people questioning my my being enough of this Mm -hmm. so She's so damn good. I mean, uh, uh, Tracy Ellis. I mean, come on. Uh, she, it's she's just too good. Um, shall we? By move the way, on I have to, to say, oh, just real quick about Tracy Ellis Ross. She won. I want to say she won like a Golden Globe not too long ago for her role as Rainbow Johnson in Blackish. And if anyone gets the opportunity and you're all interest at all interested, if you didn't see it, the speech she gave when she won her award will bring tears to your eyes. She talks about what it's like winning that award after, you know, she was in Girlfriends. She's a mo- she's a mm-hmm. model. Uh, she obviously has one of the most famous moms in the world. So, you know, this isn't her first like rodeo, but she won this award and she's like to win this award at my age. And it was just such like a heartwarming, lovely speech where you're just like, yes. And so I almost feel like her, she's so close to this character of, of Bo Johnson and, when she won that award, I was like weeping. I was like, oh, I love that they gave, totally a deserving award. They gave it to her and that she gave like this fire speech. She was looking great. I mean, and the stylist on the show, she always looks great on the show. Uh, but she's one of those celebrities where I'm like, can we just be friends in real life? Yes. Like, <laughs> I think we would be friends. I know. Oh, I know. Her fashion style. Oh my freaking God. Every time I see her in something, I'm like, Where does she get that? Anywho, uh, I love those honorable mentions. Um, 
Michelle, I know you also have a laundry list of honorable <laughs> mentions. You want to shoot through them? Yeah, I'll shoot through them real quick. Um, I love the character of Shirley on What's Happening. She was the waitress at Rob's place, and she did a lot of physical comedy. She gave everybody a run for their money. Uh, her character's name was Shirley Wilson, and her real name was also Shirley, Shirley Hemphill. So loved her. She was great. Um, I, please, please, if you can find an episode watch it i hope you laugh so hard the entire cast of living single from you know khadijah to max who was also <laughs> pam in the cosby show i think she was cousin pam if mm -hmm. i remember correctly um but i i love everybody in that show absolutely so um i did write down denise huxtable uh, from a different world and whitney gilbert uh, played by jasmine guy um in a different world because I liked her character arc. They started her out in like a certain place as like this annoying character and gave her a little bit more range as they go on to other seasons. Um, we already talked about Tiffany Haddish. Uh, and we'll give a shout out to Ruby, Jennifer Lewis from Blackish because man, she will cut you hard. I know. Um, She's incredible. <laughs> she will cut but she will cut so you. Funny. Oh my god! Cut so you. good. You're just like, oh man, it's like so funny, and then you're just like, oh, if I ever had like a family member, or a mother-in-law, and that, I'd be in trouble. Um, I love. I would never survive. <laughs> I love Rashida Jones Joya in uh, Black AF. I think that that show is. We talked a lot about everything being underrated. Um, I think this show is underrated, but I think it's coming back. I think they got renewed and Rashida Jones uh, plays this character who is all is mixed. And they take, they tackle that in an episode of what it's like to feel, you know, uh, how she's meant to feel because like, even her kids are like, well, you're not really black mom. And uh, Kenya Barris is in it. Anyways, <laughs> I love everything that he does. That show's great. Um, so shout out to Rashida Jones. Uh, talking about queens of the one-liners, uh, Chloe Bailey, who plays jazz in Grownish, which is another underrated show. Um, she's from Chloe and Haley, the musical mm -hmm. duo. But man, she will also cut you and cut you hard. And I love it. And then um, shout out to one of the OJ, OGs, Jack A, who played Sandra oh in a show called 227, which I grew up watching, which was like part of the late night lineup. <laughs> on like a Friday yes. night and my family and I would sit around and walk it, watch it. But Jack A, I mean, she shows up in anything now. And I was like, give me more Jack A, you know? And I just remember her being so funny in that show and just being everything, just doing the most with the looks and the hair and the makeup and the, the, the way she delivered lines. I just absolutely loved her. And Regina King was in that show as Brenda. So uh, I don't know where I can watch 227, but somebody oh please tell Crackle. Ooh. Crackle. Okay. All right. Now we know. Now I know. Crackle. Go get my Jack A. Okay. Phil. Um, You're next. Okay. So I'm going to, I mean, I already mentioned Sinclair from Living Single. Can we give it up for the original Aunt Viv uh, <laughs> on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air played by Janet Hubert? Yes. I'm sorry, but o OG Aunt Viv, I'm, it's not a competition, but she was amazing. Speaking of physical comedy, Michelle, I know you had mentioned there was a very funny uh, comedic uh, bit with Claire on uh, Cosby show. Mm -hmm. Same thing for Aunt Viv. Y'all remember when Aunt Viv signs up for this dance class? Yes. Because she's trying to get back into dance yes. and she can't keep up yeah. with the kids. And it is 
the funniest like 30 seconds of your life watching so, this so woman oh trying God. to keep up. So, go watch it if you guys don't know it what we're talking about. Because she walks into the that physical room. And all the old younger gals are like looking down at uh-huh. her and being like, oh, you're so old. What are you doing here? And then, oh my God, it's so good. So, so it's good. Chef's kiss. It is some, it's like one of, again, one of my funniest. I remember one of the funniest scenes I've ever watched on Fresh Prince of Bel Air is just watching poor Aunt Viv trying to keep up with these uh, youngsters in her dance class. It's a great episode as she well. She kills it. Mm-hmm. She kills of it. her. Yeah, just like a great episode in general about like her questioning her youth and like what she's done with her life and what have you. So, a great episode to watch period um and the other one i'm gonna give a shout out if y'all remember do you guys remember (laughs) mama winslow uh played by rosetta lenoir on family matters grandma uh the grandma character who queen of one-liners speaking of queen of one-liners she could walk into a scene and she always had some like sassy like line where she's either talking about going on a date or being with a man (laughs) or something it is so funny and i just apps and she always 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 because this is you know one of those shows shot in front of a live audience she would always get like a huge laugh like just like uproarious laugh whenever she delivered her lines and it was because she was she was a star she was such a great grandma and i uh, absolutely adored her i many a times wish she was my grandmother but hey (laughs) hey i can't always have it all um guys man i talk about we just talked through the most amazing list of women in comedy i'm so delighted by this list and i one of the reasons i love doing this show is by the end of it i have at least another 14 things i need to watch and or it reminds me of all this like great television that has been made throughout time and i'm just like ah anyway i'm so excited that we finally got to talk through this nikisha we loved having you you. i hope you've enjoyed your time with us yes um yay how can people follow you follow your work and get in touch sure so on twitter my at name is it's nikisha it's and then just my first name and then on instagram it is literally just it's so boring it's my first and last name nikisha campbell (laughs) that's my instagram (laughs) handle so that's where you can follow me. I am unfortunately not on Facebook, but I am definitely active on those two other platforms. Or you can check out my personal website at NikishaCampbell.com. Great. Oh, my God. Again, thank you so much. I can't believe this all spawned from an article about the last black man uh, in Sa- San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is guys incredible things can happen and we hope Um, that we've encouraged you to watch not just tv shows but that movie and then you should definitely read nikisha's article about it because um you will it it will mean so much and uh, it's definitely an underrated show and you should definitely check it out agreed Mm. and thank you for reading Yeah. yeah all right um again remember listeners prepare for the meeting the meeting between my foot and your ass. <laughs> Damn, Gina! <laughs> 
between episodes, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Crush Fictionally. And feel free to slide into those DMs. Or tell us about your favorite fictional crush when you leave us a review on Apple Podcast, and we'll read your crush out loud on the next episode. You've been listening to Crush Fictionally with original music by the talented Edith Mudge, artwork by the incredible Rose Feddock, and produced by the amazing Peter Burns. Thanks for listening. I'm Michelle Veray. And I'm Kimberly Trung. And remember to love yourself. Because your love is real. of Crush Fictionally. Are you ready for a very creepy promo? My name is Muriel and I love true crime. I'm Nick and I am not a fan of true crime. Every week on our new podcast, Muriel's Murders, I handpick a real life crime story that I think will blow Nick's mind. Muriel is really enthusiastic about researching and telling me these stories and boy, they are a lot. Some of them are famous. Some of them are weirdly under the radar, but all of them contain crime, violence, and murder from across history and around the globe. How does that make you feel, Nikki? Nervous. Are you ready to hear a story? No. Too bad. Here comes Muriel's Murders. So join us every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts, and check out the original Muriel's Murders animations on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok at Muriel's Murders. Campfire. <laughs>